Hey, welcome to another episode of Doc Kennedy Live. Doc Kennedy here. I am so glad you are too. Hope you had a wonderful day. Hey, if you could do me a favor, please like, share, subscribe, all of the above. Leave comments, reviews. It really helps show grow. And it's literally the least you can do for this. I mean, <laughs> I'm really not asking for too much here. So I uh, appreciate all your efforts in doing that. I, I know that it does take a couple minutes and uh, I do appreciate it. So thank you so much. What is going on today? Man, what a busy day. We have breaking news here. Beep, 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 beep. Urban Meyer, head coach, Jacksonville Jaguars, fired 13 games into the season. Uh, hopefully they'll let Daryl Bevel, who used to be the Seahawks uh, offensive coordinator, let him take over. But Urban Meyer, he'd had a rough, rough go of it this year. Uh, he kept getting into all sorts of trouble. And uh, it, it's unfortunate, but everyone makes choices, you know, and he made some very poor choices uh, throughout this year. And uh, it's impacted his marriage and it's impacted his work, obviously. Uh, there was a story came out today by a former kicker who said that Urban came up and actually kicked him. Trevor Lawrence is going to have a brand new coach, 13 games into his NFL career. That's a horrible way for a young quarterback to to kick off their career, but he'll be all right. He'll bounce back. And Like I said, I hope Daryl Bevel gets the shot here. He had, I, I think he got kind of thrown under the bus in Seattle particularly when he didn't give the ball to Marshawn when we were in the Super Bowl and should have won that game. And, you know, I, I don't have a problem giving him a hard time about that. But uh, I, I think he's a, a fine coordinator, you know, and maybe he does have what it takes to lead a full team. I'd like to see that. So we'll see. I don't, I don't know who's going to – oh, actually, I'm seeing right here around the NFL is reporting that Daryl Bevel will be the interim head coach. All right. All right. Very cool. Uh, I know that this is probably a load off for a lot of those players. Uh, they just weren't having fun. You know, it's, it's not a cool work environment when the boss is under scrutiny all the time and the boss is giving you a hard time. That That's no good. Last night I was talking about the JFK files and today 1500 pages were released. Now there's still 14,000 that are supposed to be released in 2022. And I have major problems with this. Really, it's just to appease the peasants, which is how the elites view us. Okay, we didn't release what we were supposed to, and they had the excuse of COVID, which is a horrible excuse. <laughs> really stupid. But they uh, go ahead... But they go ahead and release you know, 1,500 pages today. I, I'm not impressed. I am not impressed in the slightest. This is pathetic. We deserve the truth, the full truth, and not this redacted crap. So what they're doing with the other 14,000 pages is they're going through and making sure that there's stuff that really they don't want us to know because it's still active. And it could you know, potentially be harmful for security. Well... It's still important. We still deserve to know. And I don't believe that it's going to start a war. And I do believe that we will get the full truth at some point. Uh, I really pray that it is sooner rather than later. 
because I, like I've said, I really believe, and this is not Q type stuff. Okay. I don't support them in any way. Uh, I'm not on board one bit. This, you know, the enemy is a master manipulator. And when I talk about the enemy, I'm talking about the devil, very a master manipulator. And that's how I see Q. A bunch of people who are being manipulated. It's close to truth, but not there. Okay. So I'm not on board with what they're, they're talking about. I'm talking about, I really believe that what has been hidden when it comes to light, it's going to uh, have a massive snowball effect, massive ripple effect. That is, uh, it's going to be painful for a lot of people and we'll see how that goes. But man, we're, you know, everything that's going on in our world today, it goes back a long time. You know, this stuff has been building up for a long time. There's been a lot of people siding with evil, building up for what they have right now, which is total power. And the goal being a world, you know, a world order. And of course, God Almighty is not going to allow that to happen. But there's also these smaller pools of people who would be totally content with just ruling over the people of America. And he's not going to allow that either. I heard an awesome prophecy tonight from uh, Barry Wunsch, who's a Canadian. And the Lord uh, showed him, Chief Justice Roberts. I'm surprised I'm talking about this. I wasn't going to, but I'm just going to keep rolling. (laughs) The Lord showed him Chief Justice Roberts. And this was important to me because a couple years ago, the Lord gave me a dream about Chief Justice Roberts. And uh, it was very... You know, it was a very simple dream that I had. It didn't, he didn't say anything in the dream that was exposing anything. He was just, he, I said, well, I was at this party. I'm surprised I'm telling you this too. <laughs> I have it saved somewhere. Uh, I do have it saved with the date on it. But um, anyway, in this dream, I was at this, uh, you know, it's like a ball type party. And, uh, in walks uh, Chief Justice Roberts and a bunch of guys run over there like they're younger guys and and myself and they're like oh man this is awesome and kind of just crowded around him like they're all real happy to see him and I was too I was like oh man this is this is cool and I remember thinking in the dream you know he looks a lot like Martin Freeman which he does the actor Uh, (laughs) he looks a lot like Martin Freeman and and there's keys in that name martin freeman free man you know there there's keys in there for what the lord is speaking but uh one of the guys that was crowded around him said hey why do you rule the way that you do which chief justice roberts has always been known since the day he took that seat he's been anything but conservative you know and and very wishy-washy and he, in the dream, he got this just awful grin of pride, you know, and, and arrogance. And he said, that's just the way it goes. So, uh, I've been holding on to that for a while. Praise God. And, uh, so Barry Wunsch, I'm listening to him and, and the Lord showed him that he's going to deal with chief justice Roberts quick. It's coming quick. Because God is tired of his uh, manipulating people, using people, 
and uh, basically having a, a ruling for sale. And God's going to expose every bit of it. And so with that, you know, I have no doubt that the JFK files will be exposed in full. We will know exactly what happened, who hired who. You know, I I have no doubt that... Uh, I don't know how Russia could have been too heavily involved. I think the mafia was probably closer in, but we will see. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I really don't know. You know, it's all speculation on my end, but... Uh, I'm I'm and I'm also taking the word of Michael Franzese, a uh, guy who was heavy in the mafia, and he said that growing up, because uh, his dad was a mob boss, he said growing up, they would always tell him that the mob took out JFK. They had ample reason to. Bobby Kennedy, his brother, Attorney General, was going after the mob, and Joe Kennedy, their dad had said, hey, look, if you help us get Jack elected, JFK, help him, help us get him elected, you know, we'll let stuff slide on your end. And uh, really just um, have their way with the unions. And Bobby changed course. <laughs> and he went after him, you know, good on him. Went after him. And they didn't like that. You know, that was going against the word that, that their dad had given. And of course, being the mob, there'd be like no, uh, you know, hesitation in taking out somebody, making an example of them. And on top of that, Jack Ruby was known to have mob ties. He was, he was involved with them, you know? So that's where I think the, where, what we got today led to a little bit more Russia than mafia. And I believe that the 1400 are going to show more mafia than Russia. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it all plays out. It, it's frustrating not to have that right now, but I trust God's timing too. So uh, I'll try to be patient. I'm horrible at it, but <laughs> praise God. We also found out today that, uh, <laughs> and this is really annoying, that the Department of Justice has made a deal with Ghislaine Maxwell to hide her black book. And uh, actually, Barry Wunsch, when uh, the Lord was showing him stuff about uh, Chief Justice Roberts, he said that God said that he's going to expose Chief Justice Roberts' black book. You know, that's that's a common theme right now is you have Epstein's little book. We have Maxwell's little book. We have, you know, what the Lord is saying, John Roberts' little book. You know, people are being paid off. They're they're and they're being held for a bounty, you know, and that's kind of where Maxwell is like they would keep these names, you know, uh, Jeffrey Epstein said that he collected people, he collected names, you know, and he would be able to hold that against folks if they had participated in the heinous activities that they were doing. And so anyway, the Department of Justice, you know, because they're corrupt. They're helping hide the names that are in that book. And it's disgusting, but I do trust God is going to expose that book as well. They think that they're going to get away with stuff here. They are not. James Comey's little girl, you know, prosecuting this thing. It's a complete setup, top to bottom. You know, Comey, his, the only reason that he existed in the Department of Justice was to help you know, cover up for the Clintons, 
cover up for whoever needed covering up. That was his job, and that's what his daughter is doing here. They're just tools of the left, tools of the globalists. It's disgusting. They'll be exposed. They'll be dealt with. And, you know, I'm not wishing hell on anybody here. I'm not wishing death on anybody. I'm just wishing and asking God. I'm not even wishing. I'm pleading with the Lord. Lord, we need your justice to move here because people have been taken advantage of. Good people, you know, the good people of the United States have been led astray because these folks have been using people left and right. And uh, it's time that this crap come to an end. All right, so let's get into something a little bit more fun. And actually, uh, <laughs> we'll see if you think this is fun. We're doing my top five movies this week, right? We started out with number five, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Number four, we went with Heat. Uh, even though I said, you know, I rattled off a bunch of different movies, I, I did kind of settle in with Heat. I love a good cop drama, and that's the best as far as I'm concerned. Number three, The Last of the Mohicans. We had back-to-back Michael Mann films, Heat and Last of the Mohicans, and today. So I'm going to tell you this. My number one and number two films all time, my favorite two films, there's no doubt. Like, this is set in stone. As far as I'm concerned, these are my two favorite films all time. I am not budging. These, This is it. <laughs> the other ones, they, you know, they were a little bit flexible. These ones, I, I love these two films. Number two, coming in. Can you guess? I'll give you two seconds. One, two. 1992, I believe it was. Unforgiven, starring Clint Eastwood, directed by Clint Eastwood. Musical score, Clint Eastwood. He actually wrote the little ditty. He didn't write the whole score. <laughs> but he wrote the, the little tune that you hear in the film. Uh, just a fantastic movie. And I'm going to break it down what I love about this film. What I love is the depth of characters. Each character is just so rich. And each character is actually vital to the story, particularly, uh, say, about five characters. Uh, and all of them men. Um, you have William Money, played by Clint Eastwood. Ned Logan, played by Morgan Freeman. Little Bill Daggett, played by Gene Hackman, English Bob, Richard Harris, W.W. Beauchamp, played by Saul Rubinick, and actually, uh, so it's probably six, uh, James Wolvet, uh, he played the, the Schofield Kid, and um, what I, I just love about this film is it's the ultimate anti-Western, you know, look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is something, you know, that's a film where you have a, you know, it, well, it's not, I mean, that is an anti-hero scenario. Or you look at something like Outlaw Josie Wells, and I'm just talking about Clint Eastwood Westerns. Uh, you know, you're looking at somebody who, uh, you know, there's more of a line of right and wrong. This is a film where William Money used to be an outlaw and a horrific outlaw. And it's talked about throughout the film, the horrible things that he did. And, and Ned was with him, his buddy, his writing partner, but they had both gone on to lead better lives, but they were both suffering financially. 
and this uh, woman gets attacked in Wyoming and her friends who are all prostitutes, they all pull their money together and get word out that if you come kill these two guys that hurt our friend, we'll pay you this $2,000. So, so off goes Clint Eastwood and Morgan Freeman and the town marshal is played by Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman actually won an Oscar for the, his performance in this. And Clint Eastwood won an Oscar for Best Director. And the film won Best Picture of 92. So kudos to all of you guys. Uh, just fantastic. Again, this was filmed in Canada. James Wolvet, uh, Saul Rubinek, uh, both Canadians. Uh, Frances Fisher is also in this. She's kind of the head honcho of the ladies, the prostitutes. And man, I would, I just love the dialogue. I've read part of the script. The script is about as close to you uh, that you could get to, you know, what you actually see on screen. Uh, there's hardly a, a budge in it, you know, and I'm talking everything outside of a Quentin Tarantino, you know, where he has, you say line per line to line, you know, Coen brothers are the same way. I'm talking about someone who is handed a script by a writer and they go and make the film. Uh, it, it's spot on. So, um, you know, another cool thing about this was Clint Eastwood had this script in his hands for quite a few years and he waited until he was the right age that he felt William Money would be, uh, you know, so uh, Clint was probably in his early 50s at the time. And, he, you know, you look at him now and he's got this new Western out. Just incredible, the career that he's had. But uh, one of my, uh, another favorite aspect that I have about this film, you have all these characters and W.W. Beauchamp, played by Saul Rubinek. Uh, you might know Saul Rubinek from Frasier. He was on there for a while. Uh, he's done some different work and uh, he's got one of those faces. You're like, oh, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> He was fantastic in this film. And his character is the glue that, well, I don't know if glue is the right word, but his character is key in telling the stories of each of the other characters. So through Mr. Beauchamp, who is an author, he comes into town with English Bob as English Bob's biographer. English Bob, we, we quickly find out, is a fraud. And Gene Hackman exposes him as such. Uh, Gene Hackman knew him. You know, he, uh, little Bill knew English Bob back in the day. And he exposed him for the fraud that he was. So then Mr. Beauchamp moves over and he starts covering and writing a book about little Bill. And little Bill shares more of his story. You get to know what made him the marshal that he is. He's both loved and hated. And so he's the reason that we get to know those characters, you know, and then Ned and uh, William Money, they kind of talk about their past together. But, you know, but W.W. is a very central figure and very necessary to making the story work. It, this is amazing in the movie. So little Bill is is kind of pinned as the villain, 
Now, he made some poor choices, but he is the good guy. And, I'm, you know, I don't want to ruin it for you all the way, but uh, this is definitely more one of the tall tales, you know, and this wasn't based on a true story or anything like that. But, man, and some of the lines in this movie are just memorable, you know. You got Clint Eastwood uh, right after the kid has killed this guy. It's a heck of a thing killing a man. Take away all he's got and all he's ever going to have. And the kid says, yeah, well, I guess I had it coming. And William says, we all have it coming, kid. Now, just great lines like that. So this is why it's my number two. I mean, it's a hard film. I will never watch this with my wife. Not because I don't want to, but because she won't. <laughs> well done, Clint. Well done, everybody in the film. Uh, it, that's one of those movies that could never be remade because it was just made perfectly the first time and there's no need, you know, don't touch it. Don't mess with a good thing. Clint's done some other Westerns that I wouldn't mind seeing a remake on. Um, you know, something like, um, high plains drifter wasn't a fan. <laughs> yeah. He's got some films. I'm like, eh. but this one, um, you know, there's a reason that it won the Oscars and it well deserved. So, uh, good job, everybody. And, uh, yeah, Unforgiven. It's Doc's number two favorite movie all time. And on the days that I'm watching it, it's my favorite movie all time. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, this has been fun. Hope you're having an awesome week. Uh, we're going to be heading into what? What? Tomorrow's Thursday. So, um, I'm recording this, of course, Wednesday night. But uh, hope you're having a great week. Enjoy this week. Enjoy this time. You know, there's a lot of craziness going on in the world, but it's all good. You know, every day is good. Just some are better than others. And be yourself. Unless you're a jerk, then be someone else.